microbes, bugs, greeblies. They come by so many names, and they are all over you. Hey, and welcome back. Assuming you're still listening after that intro. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing great, Kev. How are you? Not too bad. A little icked out when I started doing a bit of research on this episode and what we're going to be talking about. I don't know. When you... Oh, microbes get a bad rap. They're the best. Oh, I don't know. Just never do an image search on, like, what's all over your body. <laughs> Bacteroides? Did you look oh, at a Bacteroides? <laughs> no, I don't, want, I don't want to after that. Just keep it in your stomach, and, and I'll be fine. I just I don't want anything anywhere else just in my stomach. So thank you for rejoining us. This is Nutrition for Noobs. I'm Kevin. I'm Michelle. And today we're going to be talking about gut bacteria. Or actually, I don't know, is bacteria the right word to use or is there a better term? Microbes. Microbes. Your microbial diversity. That sounds very sophisticated. <laughs> well, I have some wonderful microbial diversity. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so, you know, I have to say, I'm kind of fascinated when I learn about all the wildlife that's apparently all over our bodies. We have a massive ecosystem. And if you're healthy, everything's balanced and you don't even know about it. We've got teeny tiny predators and teeny tiny prey living out life and death dramas every moment of our lives on every part of your body. Basically, you're planet Earth in miniature. Right now, there are tiny microbes dreaming of building tiny spaceships to explore the universe outside of planet Kevin. <laughs> Is this getting too bizarre? I like planet Kevin. Continue. <laughs> and just like the Earth, if things get out of balance in our ecosystem, the human body equivalent of coral bleaching or a species extinction, things can go haywire. So today, we're going to ignore the rest of your planet body, and we're just going to focus on the continent, or maybe I should say the ocean, of the gut. So think small, think really, really small, and let's go into your stomach and your digestive tract and see what's in there. So Michelle. Yes, Kevin. First off, what the heck is microbial diversity? microbial diversity. And the first thing I want to do, I just want to correct you just a little wee bit. It's not just our gut. Um, we have, so what we call the microbiome are actually microbiomes. We actually have some in our mouth, um, on our skin, uh, in our organs, around our organs, in our gut. Um, you know, really, we are... <laughs> We are actually more microbial cells than we are human cells. So we, we are most we are mostly <laughs> microbial and it is Oh, I didn't know that. It is critical actually for not only the our symbiosis um of all of the processes in our body, um, in our mind, uh, but it is also our relationship with um with with everything around us, with the earth, with the air, with the dirt, with the trees. Um we we are part of planet earth and uh, we share and exchange microbes with where we are um our environment as well as what we eat it's really fascinating 
It's not gross at all. It's beautiful. I'm sure there's beauty in the bizarre grossness of it. <laughs> so it's really not just your stomach, because I always think of, you know, the, those little cilli in your stomach or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's really more than that. It's really all over your body that all the microbes are connected. Truly like an ecosystem. It really, really is. So like our intestine, though, which is what most people are thinking of, it hosts like just in our intestine. It hosts about 100 trillion bacteria of 400 different species. That's and a whole lot of zeros. <laughs> it is. And the balance of those species change according to your diet. So your current microbial diversity is based on your current diet. But if you change your diet, um, then your microbial diversity in those species, like the older species, let's say you you stop eating tons of sugar. Um, so the species that thrive on that sugar, they will start to die off and you will populate more healthy species. The sugar microbes are the hyperactive ones. They're jumping all over the place and, and then they yeah, crash. They, they all have ADHD. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but then also the same is true of our, you know, whether you have you know, a very plant forward diet, or if you have a very animal food forward diet, the balance of species um, on and in your body is going to change. Um, and, and you know, what's fascinating, the gut microbiome starts to respond to that change with is within 24 hours. And really? then when, yeah, within within 48 hours, it starts to populate my anybody that has ever and we've all done it, anybody that has ever cut out sugar, or cut out gluten at some point has noticed that they have intense, intense cravings in, in, in the first few days. And then if they stick, if they manage to stick to it, you'll reflect back and you go, Hmm, you know, that's weird. That wasn't as hard as I thought. I don't crave sugar anymore. I'm not craving bread anymore. And that's because the species that, you know, are thriving on those foods, um, initially scream for their own survival. And that's why you have intense, intense cravings for it. And then once they die off, then the, they, they repopulate with other species. And then you find that your body is no longer missing them. Oh. Doesn't mean they won't taste yummy the next time you eat it. Right. <laughs> They're gone, but not forgotten. And you know, that's how nature is, right? Like any species is going to fight for its own survival. And microbes are living. Right. So that's, that's all that's happening there. They want that sugar. Give them <laughs> that donut. Give they in. want that sugar or they want that bacon or they want that cheese. And, you know, well, let's let cheese aside. Cheese is different because it's also sending a drug to our brain, um, which really is not fair. Um, <laughs> that's not fighting that's, fair. <laughs> that sounds like a whole other episode. I don't know. I didn't know about cheese drugs. <laughs> it is. So we have really our, our goal should be to get more of the good guys and less of the bad guys. So when I, what do I mean by bad guys? Is that going to be your question? What do you mean by bad guys, Michelle? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, Kevin. <laughs> what I mean, <laughs> what I mean by bad guys, I mean those bacterial species that contribute to disease states. Um, and they produce these toxic compounds that, uh, you know, lead to us not feeling well or deteriorating our health. And those come from processed foods and junk foods, um, sh foods that are 
very high in sugar, salt, and fat, as well as animal-based foods. Sorry. (laughs) And for more on that, you should listen to our previous episode all about proteins, but continue. Okay. So there is good news. Just one month on a plant-forward or a more plant-centered diet has been proven in studies to increase that you know, beneficial symbiosis and the decrease in bad bacteria, and more importantly, intestinal inflammation. So it doesn't take very long. And it would just happen, and this just happens naturally, if you cut out certain foods, those nasty species will just naturally die out after after fighting for that last gasp of sugar. (laughs) They'll just naturally die out and end the good species will repopulate to take up the space naturally. Right, right, exactly. So, okay. so like, so those microbial species that are fueled by prolonged consumption of things like animal protein, and they produce toxins like TMAO, which light up inflammation and are the building blocks of diabetes, cardiovascular disease, kidney disease, which is different from LMAO. <laughs> 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 so true. I haven't seen that in the literature, but it should be there. <laughs> there, I'll, I'll publish myself. There, I, I just made a scientific discovery. <laughs> you know, I think that's a great book title. DMAO, LMAO, exactly. not TMAO. Um, <laughs> Write it down. Copyright that. Basically, you want to populate your body's microbiome with more of those good guys okay. and far less of the bad guys. Those un- unbeneficial bacteria can also be populated by chronic stress. Oh. Yeah, they can, that chronic and and prolonged periods of stress without a break contribute to the proliferation of unbeneficial oh, microbes. That's nasty of them. I know. There was actually um, a psychology journal I read, I read this, a psychology journal published a study that stated, additionally, stress and depression can reshape the gut's bacteria composition through stress hormones, inflammation, and autonomic alterations. And in turn, gut bacteria will release metabolites, toxins, and neurohormones that will alter not only our eating behavior, but our mood. So some bacterial species may actually encourage dysregulated eating. The gut bacteria may also upregulate stress responsiveness and actually heighten our risk for depression. So sometimes it's about the food and sometimes it's not about the food. So it's really important reminder that the rest of our lifestyle is really, really important and determines them not only the shape of our health, but the shape of our microbial diversity. That's interesting. I had no idea about that. Um, Which actually brings me to a point. So especially if non-food events can adjust your balance, like stress events or something like that, you often hear about, you know, or you see commercials for like, you know, yogurt with, you know, natural bacterium and they have these really long, long, long names. They're like 25 letters long. And that promotes good health and all that. Or else pills with like, you know, 100 million different microbes of blah, blah, blah. Do those make a difference? Can those help? Or is it just marketing? It's for, Sadly, it's pretty much marketing. Oh, those so marketers. You can, Damn you, marketers. There, there's, there's, there's not enough um, in a yogurt. So I guess any amount of probiotic consumption 
is obviously going to be somewhat beneficial, but in it's, it's very, very small ways. Like, so the average yogurt product can range. So the qualities is key here too, but it can range from 90 billion to 500 billion. What are they call those colony forming units or something? Um, in a yogurt, but we have a hundred trillion requirements. I was going to say that seems like a lot. Just in our intestine alone. But moreover, what I've, what I've learned, some of that isn't going to, when we're ingesting it rather than our body is making it and populating it and they're forming based on the foods that we eat. If you're actually swallowing those. Um, those microbes, they may not survive your um, hydrochloric acid, your stomach acid. Oh, okay. Oh, because they live, because they would naturally live in your intestines, which is after the stomach? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, exactly. that makes sense. Exactly. You don't want stomach acid to go down there. No, 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 <laughs> so. exactly. So, so they so. can't necessarily survive the regular digestive tract. So there's, no, there's not enough. Um, there's also problematic animal protein in those products and it may not even what what little there is may not survive your your actual hydrochloric acid um but you know that then but then we have this culture of taking probiotic supplements probiotics are really expensive kevin and they're more expensive based on the more species that they have in them so you if you were to go to the probiotic section in a, in a nutrition store you'd find 10 billion, 15 billion, 20 billion, 30 billion, 40 billion, 5 billion. And there's women's formulas and men formulas like, but so, and, and we used to, in my profession, we used to say, you know, if you've got somebody that's really got gastrointestinal issues that, you know, start them right off with like 50 billion, like go nuclear. But now we know like with this, even with this gut injury on top of all of the other sort of hesitations of whether or not it's going to be effective, it's just going to go right through them. Like the capsule's going to go right through them. Like they're maybe not even going to break down the capsule. So, so, um, they will actually recommend starting with, um, or they might, it might break down some of it, but not, it, they won't be getting like those 50 billion right, species, right. right? Which is already, it sounds like a drop in the ocean because 50 billion versus 100 trillion is. is like a very small percentage still. It is. So, so they will, for very, very sick people, recommend like low dose probiotics that are less expensive to, in, in addition to their other dietary and lifestyle interventions, and then build it from there. And, and, and that, that's what I've heard of as a, as a practice that, that they use in some cases. So what, with that bit of research, oh yeah, the other thing was that they weren't even sure when you're taking probiotic supplements every day, if it isn't it, like if you were to stop taking them, it's not like it actually beneficially builds species because probiotic is not food for microbes, um, fiber is. So it's really the key is to, as Will Bolshevitz would say, be fiber fueled. And that's a great book. Um, Robin Chutkin is another fantastic um, gastroenterologist in that space that I've learned so much from. And she's just lovely to listen to. Both her and Dr. Dr. B are, are great people and, and they're, you know, pervasive on YouTube and whatnot nowadays, as well as great books. 
But um, you want to be eating enough fiber in your diet and the fiber is going to fuel the microbes. Uh, and what I've learned from them is you don't need all those products. What you need to do is eat more plants and more diversity of plants. When you increase the diversity in your diet, it will automatically increase the diversity in your gut. And by the way, those are the same foods that you need to eat to repair a damaged gut. So uh, it's it's kind of, you know, why spend a hundred dollars on a probiotic supplement that may or may not have any beneficial impact, especially over the long term, and spend that money on food. Right, exactly. Especially if only a f possibly a, f a small percentage of the microbes within that capsule are actually going to make it to your gut, like where they should be. Right. W what about right. foods that are microbe intense like i've i've heard about things like kimchi like certain fermented mm -hmm. foods like is that a better option though yeah those foods are great when in it whenever it comes into your body in the form of food then your body's going to know what to do with it and and that's one thing a lot of these um ancient cultures and centenarian societies and blue zones have in common is that they often those cultures have an aspect of incorporating fermented foods into their diet regularly like you said kimchi you know, i love Korean my and, kimchi let me tell yeah, you yeah and and sauerkraut mm, and yeah, yeah. pickling when when the pickling is 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 more than just putting dill in a jar and right. it's making more for fermenting um yeah then the, all of those foods are part of you know our history in in, in this culture in canada as well as in other cultures and and that there's a good reason why they knew for whatever reason when they ate those foods, they, they felt better. Um, so those are fantastic. Even kombucha, a certain, you know, good quality. And I, I, I have to emphasize good quality kombucha because a lot of the kombuchas on the market really aren't as beneficial to the gut as we might believe, or they're very, very high in sugar content, which again will erode any Benefits, benefit that you may right. have but there certainly are a lot of great uh, kombucha brands out there you just need to do your research um but i would still you know it it would be sort of um a treat uh, uh food for me to 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 have i enjoy having a a nice well-made kombucha once in a while or you know i will say making my own but that's actually a lie i think i did it once <laughs> <laughs> ah the truth comes out now but I have great, great friends uh, that have Culture Shock Kombucha Company, and they, and so I, I drink theirs when I drink kombucha. I, I have seen <laughs> some videos on on how to make kombucha super easily, and it's like twenty minutes into the video, it's like, oh, forget it. There's no way <laughs> in hell I'm going to be doing this. Like, too much can go wrong, and it's very complicated. A lot of people enjoy it and a lot of people do it regularly and hats off to them, but I'm, I'm not, me. not one of yeah, those I, people. Me neither. Me <laughs> neither. Trust me. Um, so how do you know if your microbial diversity is diverse enough? Like basically, how would someone know if they more like without doing tests? And I know that, you know, there are tests you can do, but just generally have like a healthy gut biome or not or is there a way yeah well you know you can get your stool tested and there's a that's the new thing now is that everybody's getting their stool tested oh did i miss out on this trend oh was that a tiktok trend <laughs> test your stool 
<laughs> Certainly, if you're if you have very severe, um, you know, gastrointestinal disease, then your your GI doc would probably do that. Um, for the average person, I think the best. It's kind of like anything to do with with health is you can go by how much better you start to feel. And I think it will be apparent. I also recently, um, my half brother and his family assisted them with diet transition. And I think one of the, one of the first ways you can tell, well, well, when you, when you switch to this way of eating, the first way you can tell that you don't have a very good microbial diversity is the intense amount of flatulence that you end up getting. (laughs) And that's normal, right? And that's actually, sadly, that's one of the reasons why people will start to make the beneficial change and then they will back off because they get, they're like, oh my gosh, I just might, you know, my spouse can't stand me or my friends can't stand me and or, or whatever. But that is a real concern. <laughs> but it's not forever, right? Like you just have to stay the course. Like you're, you didn't, you didn't get this way overnight. Like you, right. you followed this way of eating for a matter of years or decades. And, you know, you can't expect to undo it in like one week of, of, of eating healthy. So you just kind of have to stay the course and just, you know, congratulate yourself every time you toot that like, yay, I'm building new species. I'm actually making my gut healthier. I think that, <laughs> but you know what? You have to hand it <laughs> to the bad species because obviously they are trying to convince you and this is their like this is their nuclear option it's like okay bring out the toxic gas and this is how they're going to convince you no 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 don't cut out the sugar don't be doing that you're not going to want that we're going to make you toot all night do you know what um i've even i've actually even recommended this to clients who were concerned because they had to go to an office or a workplace and (laughs) but they were really committed to making this change there's actually a brand of underwear that you can buy that is flatulent suppressing (laughs) it's got filters in it built in (laughs) but hey you know whatever you gotta do yeah exactly i had no idea So, so let's. I'm not done though. The ways that you will know. So you will know by how you feel. Sorry, you I got totally also... distracted with the farts. No, that's like, okay. You know, I always go down to the fart level humor. You know. <laughs> well, let's go from let's go from farts to poop, shall oh, we? Oh, excellent. Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> I'll try to be quiet. So that's another way that you will know. So these unbeneficial microbes are very stinky. And like, so this goes to our farts, but also our poop. Like literally, Kevin, you've probably been waiting your whole life to hear this. But if you actually were had, um, you know, uh, like a, a primarily plant forward diet, literally your shit won't stink. <laughs> or at least not as much. That is what so- <laughs> I need. <laughs> nah, shit don't stink. Well, you will. So you will notice changes in your stool composition because you will be eating all of this fiber. Um, so you're going to have lots of incredible bulk for your stool. Um, you will actually start to probably do a much better job of, of cleaning out that colon, that large intestine. Um, whenever you evacuate, I'll use that yes, as a nicer word. Um, <laughs> and, and you will feel um, just cleaner. You will feel lighter and you will like notice that your stools are uh, more fully formed. This goes hand in hand with hydration, by the way. It's impossible to talk about poop and 
fiber without talking about water. Uh, it's really, really important. But a lot of changes start to happen. And then you will also notice, because we have this gut-brain connection, the gut-brain connection is so profound. And, you know, what happens in our gut is really, you know, a mirror for how we're feeling in our mind and in our mood, um, and even in our mental health. Uh, we They've actually shown that um, there's been a few studies, and I wish I could quote one for you here, but um, I, I can't remember a specific study, but I know that I've read this, that changing, making these type of dietary changes can almost be just as fast and as beneficial um, in some cases as antidepressants. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, because it's really, some in, to some extent, it is these un, un, unbeneficial microbes and these toxins and these other things that are going on with our biology that are making us feel so unwell, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. So we have this incredible gut-brain connection through the vagus nerve. And actually, a lot of people don't realize that it's something like 90% of our neurotransmitters are made in our gut. Wow. They're not wow. made in our brain. Um, so, so what you literally are what you eat and 70% of our immune system is in our gut. So these, um, the, the, the microbial makeup will literally impact how you feel, how you think, how quickly you are able to learn something. Um, and it's also going to determine how susceptible we are to other pathogens like viruses and bacteria and other things that make us sick. So you will be strengthening the body, the mind, as well as your immune system. Um, if you, when you build this microbial diversity. So these are things that you will notice. It won't be like a lightning bolt. You won't, you won't suddenly wake up one day and be, um, you know, microbially diverse. It's something that you have to build. <laughs> right. And it's not just what we eat, Kevin, it's also our relationship with nature. So going outside, um, being in, uh, walking in the woods around other plant diversity, and it's also not washing it off too frequently. So are you ready for me to go there? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Very likely, <laughs> very likely. Let's not get too controversial here. Well, Robert Chuckan has an expression, um, Dr. Robert Chuckan, um, who's one of the microbiome experts. Uh, she's a gastroenterologist. Her motto is live dirty, eat clean. Okay. One of her recommendations as um, a gastroenterologist is quite often to tell her patients to stop bathing for a time. And you, the, the, so you can become so obsessed with constantly showering and constantly sanitizing that you actually literally, even if you're doing all of the right things, you're washing it off and you're not giving the body um, a chance to repopulate. Just because you don't like completely bathe every day doesn't mean you don't practice good hygiene. You take care of all your bits, but you don't wash okay. all and, of and your maybe, microbes off. And maybe, like, <laughs> and maybe like using less harsh soaps could also be another... Well, you could rinse in a shower without using soap. That's one thing that you could do that would be healthier is don't add any emulsifier. Right. That's going to, that's going to, um, wash them off of your skin. Like think about the number of people that have, that suffer from like severe eczema and stuff like that. Like they need microbes on their skin. Right, right, right. 
So there are ways to clean. So it's it's not be dirty. It's more think about how you get clean and understand oh, that there are ways to clean yourself without necessarily being dumped in bleach and, you know, killing everything that's on your body. There's a happy medium. You know, I think the global pandemic really set us back because in, in this regard because we became even more sanitizing oh, obsessed than we yeah. than we ever were because you know, hand sanitizer like 50, 60 times a day, right? That's ridiculous. <laughs> if you were ridiculous. Like it's and and that but but you know, the pandemic is over and outside I will say this, outside of a clinical setting where you are actually dealing with the sickest of the population and you are um, you know, we, we don't want to promote the spread of, um, you know, C. diff or anything like that in a hospital-based environment. So hospital-based environment accepted. Um, I'm talking about the everyday person, the everyday person going about your in business. In the grocery store, if you've been, yeah. Like, like, be in your garden, walk in nature, um, you know, play in the dirt, run in the sprinkler, dip in the ocean and the lake and don't necessarily feel like it's so important that you have to run in and shower. Right. Right. And, and, uh, you know, just allow that diversity to build, not just in what you're eating, but on your body with how you're living. But don't be nasty. Don't be nasty. Exactly. But, but appreciate <laughs> that it is all connected and everything is, is connected. And what's, I guess that's something that I'm taking away from this, that I always thought that your gut biome was like in your gut and it was kind of completely separate. There was the inside and the outside. Mm -hmm. And whereas now Absolutely. I understand that it is all connected because yeah, your mouth is connected and your mouth is like a direct, like gaping hole into the outside world. And so obviously some of the outside world is going to go in and there's so much life inside you that you really do need to think about the whole system, which includes the good actors and the bad actors. It sounds less like, you know, a little planet Earth and more like, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe with like the superheroes yes. and the supervillains battling it out. But you need both of them for balance. And then you get some comic relief over here. And, you know, those are the sugar farters. And, you know, it's... <laughs> It's all just like, you know, a huge, massive multiverse all around you and inside you. And that's amazing. I love it. <laughs> it's giving me a new appreciation of, you know, how amazing my body is. It's exciting. You should love your microbes and not be weirded out by them. I am going to love my farts from now on. <laughs> I am going to, when I fart, I'm going to be... Aren't I healthy? Did you catch that? <laughs> Breathe in deep. Okay, maybe I'm going a little bit too far. Okay, okay. That's yeah, that right might have been just a tad over the edge. I think we lost some of our audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the hell? Okay, and that's the end of our episode for today. And it won't, it won't, it won't, it won't persist. No. The more that the more that you stick with, um, you know, eating more plant forward than you know, the farts will dissipate, the stinkiness will dissipate, and you'll get to where it's much 
much healthier in balance. But even even um, Will Bolshevitz will tell you that like. Isn't there a book called this? Everybody farts. Oh, probably. Like, I, I think there's a child. I think there's a children's book. I know book. there's. Everybody farts I know there's one. Everyone poops. poops. Yeah, I don't know about farts. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, everyone does fart. I think there's an. I think there's an everybody farts one, and there it's like be. it's just natural. It's just part of. It's just part of human nature. Like some of that gassiness just comes from taking in too much air. It doesn't have to do with anything other than us talking too much. <laughs> oh, and I'm definitely guilty of that. So I mean, that's where all my farts are—just hot air. <laughs> Oh my God, this is going like so far in the wrong direction. Exactly. That's what makes it fun. So on that note, well, thank you, Michelle, for opening our eyes to the diversity and world within us and all those little fart manufacturers. Because I'm just not going to let it go. I love this idea of like, I've got a picture in my mind of like one little microbe. He's kind of green and a little bit chubby, shaped a little bit like a lima bean. And that's the one who creates every single fart. And he jumps for joy and he jumps up and down. Maybe it's a her, I don't know. But it jumps up and down and is all happy when it lets out a good old fart. And he makes sure all of his little friends are downwind. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, everyone knows to stay away from the green lima bean, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they're going to let one go again. Woo. Really? I thought maybe it was the cruciferous veggies. They're another one that are that are good at giving you a, a little tooties. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and if we have any listeners left, thank you for joining us for this week's discussion about farts on Nutrition for Noobs. <laughs> Listen, I think we need to do a part two on this because I can talk about some dietary recommendations to help ease through that phase. I don't want anybody to be scared. Okay. <laughs> You heard it here first. We're going to have a part two of this in the coming weeks to avoid the farts. And I promise to have Kevin say the word fart less often on the next one, folks. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Hey, I'm the editor, so... How, how old are you? Ten today? Yes. <laughs> and proud of it. Okay, so we're going to end on a joke that's that's slightly on topic. Why was the young amoeba so sad? Oh, why? Because his parents had just split. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we really should quit while we're ahead, which I think was like 20 minutes ago at this point. I think so. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. You're going to regret giving me all of this ammunition for fart jokes now. I have a feeling that uh, your son is going to hear all about this and it's going to be an interesting dinner conversation. Oh, totally. That green lima bean is going to be coming up a whole lot. All right. Thanks, Kev. Thank you, Michelle. And we'll talk to you soon. Be real, everyone. This has been Nutrition for Noobs. We hope you're a bit more enlightened about how your fantastic and complicated body works with the food you put into it. If you have a question or a topic you'd like Michelle to discuss, drop us a line at n4noobs at gmail.com. That's the letter N, the number 4, N-O-O-B-S, at gmail.com. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever your favorite platform might be. Also, please consider leaving a review or telling your friends. That's the best way to spread the word. We'll see you next time with another interesting topic.
views and opinions expressed on Nutrition for Noobs are those of the hosts. It is not intended to be a substitute for medical, nutritional, or health advice. Listeners should seek a personal consultation with a qualified practitioner if they have any concerns or before commencing any actions mentioned in the podcast.